0: From the city of brotherly love, this is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser.
1: Oh, you made it back again. You just arrived for the newest episode of Shark Bite. Biz, I'm your rockstar wannabe host, David Strasser. This is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, today's episode is sponsored by our amazing sponsor, and SAP Global Platinum Partner, Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R. If your business is ready to move off of QuickBooks, like today's guest, and take that next step up really just start to automate all those business processes, please go to Sador.com and let's get you on the system of the future. Now let's get back to today's episode. Were you you one of those kids that really just wanted to make a lemonade stand or sell things or do whatever you could to make a couple extra bucks here or there? Maybe he was mowing the grass or whatever it was. Well, We got one of those people on the show today. It was actually a dad who took it just a few steps too far, but now he's got a pretty rocket business. So... Who do we have today? None other than Dean Pakenham, a.k.a. Mike and Jen's dad. Dean Pakenham is the founder of Mike and Jen's Hot Cocoa out of Duluth, Minnesota. He started his company with his two kids, Mike and Jen, to make a better hot cocoa mix for his family. You can now find their hot cocoa mix in a thousand stores across the Midwest, Great Lakes, and of course, everybody's favorite e-commerce place, Amazon. So without further delay, let's bring Deed right on in here.
0: Small Biz Spotlight.
1: Dean, welcome to Shark Bite. Is you, my friend, you just became shark bait?
0: Love it, thank you, David. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe you should just become shark cocoa. We got to get uh shark branded cocoa out there, you know, shark fin cocoa.
0: There you go. I love it. Yeah, I think that would work. <laughs>
1: so, we have a tradition on this show. Very first question we ask every single guest What's your background? What do you do for a living? How'd you get there? Basically, tell us what makes Dean.
0: Dean, absolutely. Well, I was a meteorologist for 26 years, and then uh, completely changed my whole world to sell hot cocoa. You know, you, you kind of tick people off at times when you're a meteorologist, but uh, when you give them chocolate, you know they're usually pretty happy. <laughs>
1: yeah, that that's that's crazy. So, who were you, a meteorologist? let's get into that okay because i i like were you like someone that was on tv like the news
0: anchorman or were you working for a scientific organization uh or what i worked for the national weather service so it's a federal government and uh yeah so 26 years of rotating shift uh midnights evenings and days uh holidays weekends and uh yeah pretty crazy but uh yeah, then I fell in love with this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what this is. The name of your cocoa, again,
0: if you want to tell everybody what it is. It's Mike and Jen's Hot Cocoa, and I named it after my my two kids. Uh, we just really started it as a hobby uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, by happenstance, we got it onto a shelf in, in one of the stores in, in my hometown. And I had to have I had to think of a name for it. A shelf at a, a, a local store.
1: So I mean, this is why I really like the idea of having you on the store because this is where I, I think you're you're unique in the aspect that, you know, your origin story is very it's a childhood dream. I mean People our age, as they're grown up, you're thinking what? You know, like lemonade stands, yay. you know, sell popsicles if they want, things like that. And, <laughs> You know, my daughter does the same thing. You know, she's talking. She's conspiring with my dad to to build a lemonade stand so that she can sell my lemonade and keep all the
0: cash. It works great that way. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It works great for her. It's hundred percent profit. But the question then becomes, okay, like how you started doing the hot cocoa with your kids, okay, and then how that actually converted to business to where you got that that first store. I mean what's so special about your hot cocoa that Swiss chocolate cocoa doesn't have? I mean, let's talk about that origin story and get, I, I want to get really granular because I think there's a lot to learn here with your experience of how you took what should be a kid's summertime
0: hobby into a full-blown business. Sure. Well, you know, back to when I started this, it was, it was just a hobby. I, I, my daughter was going through so much hot cocoa. I bought one of these huge canisters at Sam's club and every day she would come in from playing in the snow because it snows here like 10 months of the year, I swear. Yeah.
1: To be, yeah. So everybody knows Dean is in Minnesota, um, which I'm not. As we all know, because it gave me a concussion. But uh ice, black ice, slipped on it, smashed into a curb. You 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 all watching the show on YouTube actually did not see it because believe it or not, I and I still have it on my desk, I stole my wife's makeup and I put it on to cover the black and blue eye.
0: And it worked pretty good. Yeah, that's that's pretty handy to have have around then for sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, my my daughter was coming in every day it wanted hot cocoa and she would say, Dad, I need some hot cocoa. And I would I was going through this huge canister. One day I looked at the back of it and I couldn't pronounce you know most of the ingredients in there. And I said, I said, Jenny, we should make our own hot cocoa. And as a nine-year-old, she's like, Yeah, and I'm like, we should make the best in the world. And I'm like, she's like, Yeah. And then I found out I was OCD and post-divorce, I was going to spend the next year of my life off off my job um, after hours and uh, try to perfect hot cocoa. I, I tried to date. I've tried over 100 cocoa powders uh, and, you know, I was trying to solve problems, first of all, for my own family. My thought was not to get a thousand stored <laughs> Uh, it was just to solve the problem.
1: Sorry to interrupt, but I just want to backtrack before we get too far from it. Um, You know, I like to have the interactive discussions. Um, So you, you said that you looked at the ingredient list, and I think that's a problem with all American produced food is the fact that half the ingredients in our food, like I do not. Now, I don't trust our food. I don't trust our food supply because the chemicals add-ons, you know, um, pharmaceutical type stuff that's being put in to our food, preservatives, things like that. But on the other hand, you go buy organic and it's like, yeah, I I, I can go buy the organic, bread. Oh, it's got mold after three days. Um, And it, drives me insane because it's like you have one extreme or the other extreme I haven't been able to find a happy middle ground but what kind of things are in cocoa that concerned you you don't have to give the names of them but I mean like
0: how did it concern you like what were you feeling sure um well the one thing that was really concerning to me was it had partially hydrogenated soybean oil and I'm like this is powder how do you get oil in a powder like that and I'm like okay that doesn't sound quite right to me uh, so I knew I wanted it just simple ingredients, just real. So it's five ingredients in there. And, uh, so yeah, it's, 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 a very straightforward product. Um, and I, I tweaked the recipe over the course of a year. I tortured my friends and family by having five ingredients out. How did you tweak it? Like as far as putting
1: more salt, more, more sugar, more cocoa, uh, like how was that tweaked?
0: Over time, sure. Well, first of all, it was choosing the right ingredients, and then getting the the correct blend that we wanted. You know, some people like it. Some people like it more chocolatey. Some people like it more creamy and milk. You know, toward toward the milk flavor. Um, Some like it sweeter. uh, You know, so those were all kind of things. I was trying to basically find a balance for us. My son doesn't like it as sweet. My daughter and I. You can basically fill the cup with the mix, and then add a drop of water, and we're fine. But yeah, so it was kind of like trying to find a balance for our own family and friends. But first we had to get those ingredients right. And not every cocoa powder is created equal and not every whole milk powder is created equal. The cocoa powder itself,
1: you're getting off a third party. That's not a proprietary uh, ingredient of yours. Like you're not making your own powder out of chocolate. Correct. Yes. With, With that then um let's just stick with the 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 chocolate you don't need to go over everything because you know it would be mundane I think but to get the different chocolates I think you said earlier that you tried over 100 different cocos um you know what were you looking if you're adding your own sugar your own salt stuff like that what were you looking for exactly in the cocoa powder itself which is probably the most important ingredient outside of
0: you know sugar I'd say. So the whole whole milk powder, um, because there really isn't any other on the market that have the whole milk powder, which uh it I wanted a water bait a, a mix that you could just add water to for work, camping, uh, you know, take on to go. And then the kids could just add some hot tap water as well. So I wanted it really, really functional in, in terms of that. So the whole milk powder was that hard to find? Yeah, yes, it was really hard to find. Most most of the the products have the non-fat milk powder. And it's just not as rich and creamy. Um, But the cocoa powder itself, different, different uh, pHs, different source regions. um, So many of them tasted almost earthy um, and kind of dark. Is that good? Because I know that's good for coffee. You know, like I like when my coffee days like that yeah well that's that's the huge debate is you know some people like dark chocolate some people like milk chocolate so my my whole thing was i liked like to i like to milder um, chocolate and so it's a more milk combined with the whole milk powder it's much more milk chocolate type flavor so yeah it's 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 more in line of a milk more of a milk chocolate kind of flavor
1: you go out you get the powder um and I mean, were you looking at texture, all that stuff, Did that was that of any importance to you or was it just more functionality? Like, are you looking at the aesthetics of things like cocoa powder? Like literally I want to find out how, how important was that for you?
0: Well, the cocoa powder was so important that our, our original one we had to import from Italy um it, it, was, it was it was a company that had...
1: but i mean the aesthetics as far as how the powder looked
0: yeah well most of the powders look the same um you know just uh, different colors and such so ours is more of a red powder there's brown and there's blacks and uh, everything in between but uh in terms of how it looked um generally they were pretty close now some, sometimes they're a little more coarse but uh, the big thing was that it that it would blend well, that it would. Uh...
1: Yeah, because that was going to be my my next question. For example, uh, sometimes I've seen powders where it's more coarse. I think uh, uh, like table soft, like it's kind of like you can grab a handful of that, maybe a little bit more finer than table soft, but that's a rough example um where there's other ones that i've seen um where it's more fluffy like it's like a fluffy powder where does your cocoa kind of sit on that scale and did that uh, matter to you or was it more just around getting the right taste?
0: Yeah. So, so all the cocoa powders that we we had tried were pretty much a powder form. They were more along the lines of uh, uh, more like that fluffy
1: powder type stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like a, a powdered sugar. So it was just finding the right one.
1: Okay. Okay. That that that's great. Once you found the right one, okay, and again. You know, you said it took you about a year? Right. So during that time, did your daughter lose interest or was she still engaged at that point?
0: She was still engaged up until maybe about the time she became a teenager, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they still, up until COVID, they they still did shows with, with me. Uh, you know, they, they actually loved that part of it. Um, but then now my son went to college and my daughter went to college. And so they just didn't have as much time to you know do the shows and then call it happen but uh um well for that uh, we did about 20,000 live samples and the kids were at most of those shows
1: that's great no it, it truly is amazing so your key thing is too that you were trying to make it with water so when you make your cocoa, i assume that you use your own brand um hopefully <laughs> uh, if not i'll have some red flags going off uh, so when you make it, okay, you, you had mentioned that you wanted it for water because you're thinking of people hiking or at a campground, stuff like that, so that way even hot tap water could work if they wanted. Um, can you make it with milk? Do you make yours with milk? Do you do it with water? Uh, Because I always thought I—I mean, like I would use water for cocoa, but I always kind of viewed that as disgusting for the kids. I didn't realize it had milk in there, and I I always thought that you'd have to make it with milk
0: to make it taste right. Yeah, and that was kind of the problem I was trying to solve—is that like I've—I've had the the mixes where it said just add water, and it was super runny and not rich and creamy. And I kind of remembered back, my my grandma actually had. This huge Tupperware container where she actually made her own hot cocoa mix, and so kind of when I was developing this with the kids, like it was, I, it brought me back to when I was a kid, and she always had this container where she mixed, you know, she mixed the Hershey's uh, cocoa powder and the milk and the sugar and stuff. But it was just so real. I mean, it tasted real, and that's what I remembered, and I wanted to get back to. No, that
1: that is. That's amazing. So I guess we'll kind of fast forward a little bit because we kind of got in the origin about how you you created. First off, I want to hear, you said that there's five ingredients for cocoa. So the last part of this conversation before we move on then will be, how did you end up getting all those combined and to the right levels?
0: Sure. Uh, that, was a, that was a matter of so many samples. Uh, at the time I was working at the National Weather Service, I would bring in dozens of samples and have them try it family it was just really you know anecdotally just organically trying it with family and friends um we tried tried many different recipes different tweaks and um we finally came to one where almost everybody unanimously said this is this is perfect so
1: so if you had a hundred people try it I mean wh- what percentage were you looking at ninety percent a hundred almost unanimous like you said uh if eighty percent would have said yes but two people out of that 100 was like nah, i i, I it's okay but I, I i wouldn't prefer this would you have been fine with that
0: yeah because keep in mind at the time that i was doing this it was really kind of just for my family and to give out and maybe at christmas and stuff um, so I, I, I was i found out how ocd I was because this was really just her doing for my family And then we ended up giving some out of Christmas and, uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of research.
1: Finally, work through the OCD. You make your own cocoa. You name it after your kids because, I mean, sounds like your daughter had a little bit more of a hand in it than the son with the idea and the creation of it. But your OCD actually helped you because you've got a, a, a buzzing business right now. So my question would be, how did you get into your first store?
0: Sure. I was actually telling my crazy story to what was a person working in a kitchen store in my hometown here of Duluth. And I had no idea she was the owner. I was telling her that I got carried away with this hot cocoa thing. And she asked if I would bring some in for her to try it. So I brought some in for her, she loved it. And she says, have you ever thought about going on the shelf with it? And then the little entrepreneur in my head that I kind of suppressed, Working this government job all these years, uh, entrepreneur of I me mean, just kind of lit up and I was like, yeah, uh, she helped me through it. She um, hooked me up with the agriculture department in the state and we, we were off and running. Our, our first order was like six bags and it sold out in a couple of days and then she ordered 24. And now that one little kitchen store in Duluth sells about a pallet every Christmas.
1: Wow, that that is amazing uh, that it just took you one lucky break. And then it sounds like you also had to do some work though in between. I mean, and this is great because we just talked with uh, Claudio, on the episode that came out right before yours is that you know, you've got to put the, the work in. You know, people look like, oh, you, you know, you just got lucky. And yeah, there's some people that they slip and they fall onto a pile of cash, but that's rare. Most people, you know, they see the results of what you're doing and they're, you know, they're hating like uh, uh, jealousy, but, uh, you know, they don't realize all that you've sacrificed and all that you've done to get to the point of where you're at. So I think that's amazing. What I'd like to learn out about right now, Ben, is, you know, you got into the agriculture department in Minnesota, manufacturing. How did you get that stuff sorted out to be able to produce the six bags?
0: Right. Uh, so we had to have a commercial kitchen. Uh, we were able to use a church kitchen every Monday. Between like seven and nine. P. So you m. actually so, were,
1: you, so you actually were used your church's kitchen.
0: That's awesome. So there was a that two hour window where we could use it every week. Um, but because I was working shift work, I was working evenings, midnights, days. Um, so it was really hard to get in during that specific time. So I had to kind of time everything to to be able to produce during that, that time uh, for what we would need for the week.
1: Right, right, right. So Now, is it still being done in the church kitchen? Because you've grown to over a thousand stores now, right?
0: Right. So after that, um, it was getting to be a little much for me. I was working my full-time job. I was doing this after hours and I could not find another commercial kitchen space that I needed more time for. I needed more hours. And uh, a friend of mine who owns a coffee shop in town called me up and said, I don't want you to quit. Here's the key to my business, and you can come in anytime after hours. And I'm like, what the heck? Who does that? You know? So he got he gets it. He's a young entrepreneur. He knows what I was going through, and it was just that kindness of uh, of Eric at Duluth Coffee Company, who uh, just gave me a key to his business.
1: Did they sell your cocoa as well?
0: They did. They did. Yes.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. That's a, a good friend. But I mean, that's a thing. Okay you know, you have the pay it forward stuff. I believe in, in karma, you know, maybe not, maybe not karma, the religious way, because karma is part of uh religion. I, I forget all the specific details, but I believe in the principle of it to where you do good things, good things will happen. Um You do bad things, good things can happen, but eventually you're going to get caught, you know, and you're going to be, a crap load of trouble, and usually, the way that I find that you live life is by doing you know good upon others, um, and with yourself that it's going to come full circle. And when you're down on your luck, you know, just so happens someone's going to hit you up and be like, Hey, I got an opportunity for you, and it comes in just at the right moment. I mean, I've had that happen so many times in my life, and it, it it, it, right. And I chalk it up. Well, that's the karma for me. That's for doing something good. I finally came back. So I mean, I don't know. I, I just use that as a guiding principle for life in of, of itself. So now, uh, how, well, well, let's ask you this. So you ended up quitting from the National Weather Service, okay, and going over to your Cocoa company full-time uh how nervous were you to do
0: that well i'm a really I, I like safety i like knowing i've got this 27 almost 27 year career um you know i brought my best friend amanda on who likes spreadsheets i hate spreadsheets and so once i found that perfect combination of who to work with and we've been best friends 20 years we've never had a fight we we talk. talked all the time, and never once had a fight.
1: I don't think there's one person in my life that I have never argued or disagreed with uh, and had. I mean, even if they're a best friend, there's got to be something that we would eventually argue about.
0: I know. It's really weird. We are are complete opposites in the Myers-Briggs spectrum. We're both in different corners, so we never compete in the same territory. I don't want to have anything to do with her financial stuff and spreadsheets. And she really doesn't want to have anything to do with the marketing of and, and the, uh Yeah, yeah. So we don't really compete in each other's territory. And that's super important for us. I mean, finding the right business partner and
1: quitting them, was it because you found the right business partner that you quit? I mean, how much volume did you have in terms of sales? Did you know that like, okay, where we're at right now, if we even have just a little bit more growth, I should be able to make enough to where I'm able to live off this or like, did you have to live off savings for a period of time
0: or what? So Amanda and I were, we, along with being best friends, we were coworkers at the national weather service. So we both kind of wanted to break out of this rotating shift thing. Um, <clears throat> we talked about it. We wanted to, uh, we set a plan into action. We, we both bought trailer homes and a trailer home park. Um, Paid those off cheap, um, you know, so we knew we had cheap monthly rent, uh, just our our space in the part in the mobile home lot. And, uh, you know, we had older cars, we paid those off. We knew my kids were going to be good with college. And uh, we we didn't really have um, huge expenses, it didn't cost us much to, uh, you know, to live. Uh, We just simplified our lives. We ended up buying a gym, (laughs) which is in our hometown. We knew that that would um, give us enough of an income until the cocoa side started really taking off. And uh, so I cut my salary probably uh, to about a third of what it was and just lived off that. I was fine. You moved to the trailer park in order to make it
1: work. Not only moved to a trailer park, but you moved to a trailer park and bought a gin in order to build up the cocoa company. That is insane. I tell you, like, if I told someone, like, oh, yeah, yeah, my buddy, right? Check this out. He ended up uh, buying a trailer, okay? Moved into a trailer park, okay? Then he bought a gym, all just so that he could launch a cocoa company. Like, hot chocolate. Yeah, I'm telling you, hot chocolate. Like, no one, they'd be like, get the, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The things you will do once you finally believe in it. And I, from talking to Amanda, from um, plotting out a strategy from making 4,000 pounds by hand to going to a co-packer, I finally had to believe in it. Uh, by going to all these shows and, and having people say, there's no way you've just added water to this mix and seeing their faces light up. And I was like, I finally believe in it. You know, before it was friends and family, they had to tell me they loved it. So hearing it from
1: strangers is the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a that's amazing. So it sounds like you just really needed to kind of believe in yourself, and once you got that, you
0: went all in because of OCD. Yeah, totally, hundred um, percent. Scary, still the scariest thing I've probably ever done. Uh, but you know, I sat down with Amanda. She's a planner, so she laid out this entire um, you know plan to break out, as we call it.
1: Personal question then. Are you still living in the
0: trailer? No, no, I'm in a I'm in a one-bedroom right now. Yeah, just a one-bedroom apartment. and Because
1: uh, the kids are now in college, right? Right. So, hey, you're still keeping it simple. I wish I could have kept it simple with my finances over the years instead of getting blown and blown and blown up. Um, so, let, let's go back to the gym. First off, do you still own the gym?
0: Yes, we do, yeah. What's the gym's name? <laughs> yeah, it's a Snap Fitness franchise.
1: Okay, okay. I mean, to me, that just kind of, um, kind of crazy. I mean, that 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 was a curveball there. So, at my day job, I'm VP of Biz Dad with Sador USA. We sell ERP, you know, software for businesses like you guys. But explaining to the viewers, you know this uh, already. But you know, I always joke because when we give out the pricing, okay, and When I give out the pricing, the customers usually ask, hey, you know, is this pricing real? Are you going to double it or triple it during the implementation? And it's like, no, this is real. But let's just say we go to start implement and this is based off of all the information that you told us. So if you forgot to tell us something, like for example, you own a strawberry farm, okay? And you're expecting us to implement that strawberry farm then yes there will be a change order because as of right now i don't see you having a a strawberry farm at all and that that's funny because i i use that type of obscene example and it's like you you just check that box because it's like okay so you know Yeah, the price is going to be the same for your cocoa company. And then you're like, oh, what about the gym? I own a gym. (laughs) It's like, what does gym have to do with cocoa? Is that how you burn the calories?
0: When I bought the gym, I gained weight. And it was like you know i thought once you buy a gym you're instantly supposed to be ripped but it did not work with me
1: you're not with a (laughs) six-pack
0: no no it's more of a cocoa bud you know
1: so i guess i guess for the title of this episode it'll be serial uh, master serial entrepreneur uh dean packenham is there anything that you'd like to tell us about the the gym business itself anything that you learned over the years because you probably owned it what close to a decade i'd assume or eight nine years
0: yeah we're going on it's six and a half right now uh and uh yeah so it was funny because amanda and i were trying to think of a way something to do you know to to move on from our careers at the weather service and uh i happened to get this email that says snap fitness franchise in your town is is for sale and i sent it to amanda i was kind of kidding and i said i said the gym i used to go to is actually for sale and she goes well let's look into it we looked into it we looked at the numbers it was a very strong gym it was in an area that, that really nothing else could be ever built in that area very residential and it was the more affluent area of town and uh you know we looked into the numbers we dove into it and we found out that it would make enough for us to uh, live off of with our new simple life.
1: That's amazing. So, with that, how have you grown the the gym business over the year? Is that just been like? Do you consider that a side hustle, or do you consider that as one of your main sources of income?
0: Right. Well, we just started taking. Um, you know, everybody thinks in in the if you get into a thousand stores, you're just making piles of money, but. We we've, we've had to put everything, you know, that's that's kind of how the gym has helped us so we can make enough there to just put More everything revenue. back into doubling inventory for the cocoa, um, so that you know we can, you know, then be able to handle larger purchase orders and stuff. Uh so it's really been just kind of a, a mechanism for um, you know, providing enough for us.
1: But have you focused on growing it at all? Have you had growth or is it just something that's slow and steady?
0: The the gym has, has grown since uh we took it over um to about a thousand members. And uh during COVID, of course, it went to zero for several months. Um, you know, hopefully there was enough, you know, grants and uh low interest loans and stuff that really helped us get through that. But uh um yeah, it's 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 just been a kind of a slow growing thing that's uh enabled us to pour more into the cocoa business. Yeah, yeah. That
1: that is and amazing, amazing story. Gym owner
0: and cocoa entrepreneur. So you fatten people up with the cocoa and they need to find a <laughs> gym.
1: And then you make it burn it off at the... Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. That, that is great, though. So I guess, Dean, um, hey, thank you so much for coming on, telling your story, because I know it's a personal story. I mean, you built a, a thing around your kids, commercialize it, Oh, and um let's get are you able to spill the news as far as your big con the uh, big store that you're going to be in now too? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead so share this, that news real quick. Sure. sure. This fall we'll be doing a hundred store test with Target, which was kind of my oh yeah, two mm-hmm. dreams, which was Costco and Target. And we'll both be in both of those uh, come fall.
1: Wow. So you'll be in both Costco and Target in the
0: fall. Yep. This will be our third year with Costco um costco um basically upper midwest right now and uh
1: and then if things go good is that where they decide if they'll permanently stock you like i i noticed that you keep saying things in seasonalities okay like you know the fall stuff like that i understand that's the peak season but people still drink cocoa during you know summer right like uh, uh summer evening or whatever i mean my kids do maybe we're just weird
0: it's just it's just that it, it is such I a dramatic want, shift from right probably it's not your to business season too right we've tried to move the needle with you know um with um ads about you know camping uh things like that but it's super weird because the u.s is so Culture to think of hot cocoa as a as a you know Santa Claus kind of a thing, um, right? We have we have Mike and Jen's Mexico, uh, which it's a it's oh, yeah. a year round product. It's the third most consumed product, uh, non alcoholic, um, in Mexico year round, and it's hot there. So you know what number um, one is? What? Yeah, you don't know? I, I haven't listed somewhere, but is it is it bottled water?
1: No, I, I believe it. Well, I mean. I would say not counting water, but I believe it's Coca-Cola. Mexico is one of the largest consumers of Coca-Cola in the world. In fact, Coca-Cola is so important. Um, Back in the 2000s, I don't remember if you remember uh, uh, the president of Mexico back then. It was big news because of, you know, a lot of leaders were because of September 11th back then, but... Uh, It was also big news because he was the first uh, president from the opposition to win in over a hundred plus years in Mexico. Um, And his name was Vicente Fox. Uh, He actually, if I remember correctly um he was the previous uh ceo of uh, coca-cola mexico i believe no kidding yeah so anyways wow. where can people find you guys online where can they find out more i guess promoter jim too might as well throw their name out there
0: right? <laughs> Yeah, if you're in eastern part of Duluth, Minnesota, we got a gym for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, our cocoa is the uh, Amazon and uh, uh, Meyer stores, uh, Hy-Vee stores, um, soon to be in 100 Target stores. We're not sure which ones uh, this fall. Upper Midwest Costco stores and uh, a lot of more independent Lunds and Byerly's Kowalski's stores.
1: Okay. Are they able to buy it from your own website as well, too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we just take everybody to Amazon uh, from our website. Uh, okay, so Amazon's Amazon.
1: the the main yeah. store. Um, so yep. what we'll do is uh, we'll actually just throw a link, I guess, down to Amazon for you, uh, right. right down below. Uh, every you know, listeners, viewers out there, no matter where you are, whether you're on Spotify, <laughs> iHeartRadio, these are Stitcher, um, iTunes, uh, YouTube, wherever you're at, right below the little blurb that announces that Dean's a guest. You will see the link to get the cocoa. So please try out his cocoa. We're in spring. It's still got some cold days here. That'll definitely work unless you're in the, you know, the southern part of the the states, at (laughs) least uh, in the middle to northern part, we still have some cold nights. But Dean, thank you so much, man. This is such an aspirational, inspirational story. And, uh, you know, I'm so happy for you, man. Like you did how many people would actually move into a trailer to make their dream come true? <laughs> Not many would go that far. And that is, right. that's, that, that's gnarly man. That, that is amazing. And I have total respect to you for that.
0: Thank you. No, yeah, I knew if I didn't do it, I, I, I was a year and a half from becoming 50 and I'm like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So. I just oh, wow. For it. wow
1: yeah yeah so there you go amazing so thank you again and uh like i said guys please check out his cocoa take care dean thank you wow such a wonderful interview with dean i mean he really took the little kid's dream put it in like hyper warp drive and bam thousand stores overnight i mean not overnight took years but still that is amazing first though you all know the routine if you found this interview helpful if it sparked those warm and fuzzies do me a favor hit that like button smash that subscribe button but if you really want to help us out why do you want to do that? Well, because Shark Bite Biz is one of the greatest kept secret in the world. The small business we are top ten percent rated podcast globally according to Listen Notes, as well as we get I don't know five, six, seven, eight thousand views on average within a thirty day span. But every episode that we publish, like we're out there kicking butts. In fact, the Expert Bookers has us listed as one of the top. 12 business podcasts you need to listen to now. So with that in mind, please do us a favor. Share us out to your friends, your family, your colleagues, wherever you dwell on the interwebs, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. I don't care. In fact, we're starting to use TikTok now. I'm not even a huge fan of TikTok, but we're starting to use it because we're trying to get the word out. So please share. Also support the show if you can as well, too. But anyways, we'll talk about that later. Let's get back to the real rock star of this show. Mr. Dean Pakenham. We got a little bit in the weeds with this show, and I did that on purpose, okay? I really wanted to get a little bit more granular. I mean, most shows we try to keep it high level, and we focus in on some points, but I was asking a lot of the, how did you do this? How did you do that? And got really deep in detail, and I did that on purpose because we usually do not do that in most episodes, and I want to discuss the process about how you go and develop your own proprietary recipe, for example, for a hot cocoa mix, because that type of format that he did is kind of a blueprint for a lot of other products out there. So people out there thinking like, ah, I I I can do this or I can do that, you know, Dean just told you how he did it, and you can learn from the mistakes that he made or improve some of the processes that he made to be able to get to what his final product looked like. I mean, it really uh, took us through how they thought of the idea how they developed the idea, and ultimately how Dean ended up making a business out of the idea. You know, there you got to remember too, this is also something where there are a million hot cocoa brands out there, okay? We're not talking about something where you're competing against one or two or three uh, different people and it's a big white space for him to get into. There are tons of local, national international brands out there in multinational companies with the food monopolies that he's out there competing against. But he wasn't scared because he's like, hey, my product is better. You know, like he was saying, I was thinking about people that were just going out there camping that just, you know, they have the fire going. It's at night. And all they want to do is heat up some hot water, throw them some mix and have some creamy uh, hot cocoa. So, I thought that was pretty gnarly myself. I also tested some of this. I did an official taste test, and I will tell you it was fabulous. I love it. I did it with water because that's what he said, although I am going to try it once again with... Um, with milk and see if there's a major difference for me or not. I'm typically someone that makes hot cocoa with milk, but we'll, we'll try both variants and see what it turns out. But with water, as they suggest, it was amazing. It was fabulous. And it's really cool because this is a story of passion and it's really inspirational okay you're talking about the kids lemonade stand the hot cocoa uh cutting grass stuff like that and it reminds me of some of our previous guests that we've had i like i think uh robert Clickinbeard, and there was something out somebody else that was on the show as well too that um I, I think somebody before robert was on the show i names escaping me right now as i record this but he came on and he's like yeah i turned 14. My dad said, I got to start working. So I ended up cutting neighbors' lawns. Uh, 20 years later, I sold the business for $20 million. And it's like, wow, 14 to, you know, 35 or 36, he was at the time. And he sold it for $20 million just from cutting lawns. That is incredible. And this is essentially what Dean is doing, even though it's more of a regional brand right now. I mean, dude's got this in a thousand plus stores that is a major milestone just like the milestone that sharkbite Bite Biz is about to hit with our 200th episode coming out in a few more weeks. Anyways, awesome, awesome stuff, Deed. Thank you so much for that inspirational story. And as you can see, he has hooked me up with tons and tons of hot cocoa for our family. I know my kids are waiting... Uh, to get into this, and I'm like, nope, 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 you can't use it till we record the episode. You've got to wait a few weeks. But as soon as I stop recording, they're gonna be right into this. They can't wait. I'm very grateful, Dean, that you sent this out to us. Thank you so much. And for all you out there listening that want to try his cocoa, we're gonna have a link for you down below to be able to purchase it. You'll see it in the description below question of the day did you ever take an idea too far like dean (laughs) if so leave a comment on youtube you can also do it on spotify remember you can watch this show not just on youtube you can watch it on spotify okay there's video on spotify for shark bite Piz, but then you can listen to it anywhere iTunes, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Stitcher, uh, Audible, Amazon Music, Listen Notes. I mean, any podcast app out there should have Shark biz. If you have one and we're not listed, let me know and I will get us listed. Do you want to be on the show? Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Again, if you're watching on Spotify or you're watching on YouTube, join the channel for as little as $3 a month. In fact, I think there's even a $1 option on Spotify. You can become a Baby Shark member, support the show. Every dollar we get in, I don't keep it. I don't need the money. It goes right into producing this show, getting better equipment, getting more ads, spreading the word to bring these top quality guests each and every week. Lastly, one final shout out to today's sponsor, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador, okay? Again, if your business is running QuickBooks, if you're running an old version of Sage or an old version like Maz90 or some kind of older software, and it's time to upgrade your business Give us a call. Give me a call. Reach out to me, David at SharkBiteBiz.com, okay? Really easy. We'll hook you up, and if we're not the right fit, I'll definitely send you in the right direction. You all know this by now, but I'll say it once again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Ciao. You just experienced Biz with David Strausser. Please like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. A special shout out to our sponsor, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador. Get off QuickBooks and move your business to the next level. Reach out for more info. Thanks for listening